Hello, class. This is Dr. Ben Pundit. And we are um, I'm here to cover the integumentary, which is the derm section. And this section is quite huge, and you're going to see that there's many aspects of the uh, of the derm section. So, and we will try to go over that as quick as we can. Uh, just kind of disclaimer for for this um, is that when we when we talk about derm section, there's technically two components uh, that you really need to know about derms. One is you know, a lot of times for the for your test purposes, you need to be able to describe them. You need, need to be able to see and kind of pick out the, the key terms uh, for the disease, for each disease, whatever that disease might be. You uh, For your testing purposes, you definitely need to know, aside from description of those skin lesions, you need to know the, the, um, the cause of the skin lesion, kind of like what type of bacteria, type of virus, what type of fungus, uh, whether it's fungal, bacteria, or, you know, uh, viruses. So what kind of, uh, what is the cause, what is the culprit uh, that causing those lesions? Uh, and then the, the treatment. Those are the three main things that you probably need to know in terms of understanding the, in kind of perfecting the derm section. Um, however, I would say for the clinical purposes, for the beef, you know, for you in, the, in your clinic itself, uh, the clinical purposes, uh, you need to not just be able to uh, be able to describe it verbally. Technically, verbally, you doesn't really make it useful except for your sharding, but you should be able to recognize it visually uh, in your clinic. So that's the main, the huge component that you usually are most students, actually all students, are not tested on on your your, your either the, either the, your 3P exam or your final exam. You're not actually tested on the the, clip, the picture component of it, but you do test it on the descriptive description component of it. So we will kind of go over both of those uh, to make sure that you really know know the, the description stuff of those diseases and even a simple description what the or that these description actually means and also kind of bigger picture of how would you describe these each of these diseases, what cause it, uh, what are some of the um, symptom or concern that highlight the big concern for each one that you need to know. Okay, so keep that in mind as you go through these videos um, that you should be able to recognize it visually. That's just for your own sake, for when you know when you're in the clinic, when you see your patient, you'll be able to recognize, see it, and like, oh yeah, I know what this is. Uh, and second, for your test, you do need to know the, you know, to describe it verbally, descriptively, and also you know knowing the cause, what bugs causing these, and then also the treatment, which we won't cover in this class, but you'll be learning about treatment in your pharmacology class. Okay, without further ado, uh, let's get to it. Okay, here we go. So first one, uh, let me move this right here. Maybe it might be better. Yep. Uh, first one is the overview of what we're going to talk about. Again, uh, your skin is the largest organ by far. Uh, you cover your whole entire body. Your skin does have some weight to it, technically, depending on how, how big of a person you are as well. 20% for most most people for body weight. If you're bigger, like morbid obesity, it could go up to 30 or 40% of your body weight. Um, your hair, your nails, the gland, those are accessory structure. Um, Key is to protect your body. Um, it actually does more than that, like regulate your temperature, with help with vitamin D. It actually has immune su uh, surveillance. There's uh, thousands of bacteria on your skin, so you need those. So as we washing our hands so frequently, one thing that you <laughs> that we are doing is actually drying out our skin and killing those bacteria as well. So um, so we need to really uh, make sure that you know you moisture your skin, keep your skin moist, and hopefully those cultural bacteria could regrow. Uh, you do need those. Those are important defense uh, for when you actually have a cut or things like that on your on your skin. It prevents things from coming in as well. Okay. Uh, 
aging as we age, especially if you guys, for those of you who like going into derm and anti-aging stuff, uh, literally need to know this chapter, literally need to know this section. So this is a huge section for you that you need to know because you're going to be working with this all day long. So make sure you know it well. Okay, so um, skin integrity, like I think I mentioned before last week, uh, every time you cut your skin, you actually take out that in integrity of your skin by 20%. So making sure, um, you know, like I mentioned, these dry and wrinkle as we age, um, you have these in in bacteria growing on your skin, so you need to keep those. Um, kids and children, uh, newborn skin, um, newborn the skin is not fully developed. Uh, you still, they still need to grow and this uh, can be uh, Kind of still kind of working progress in in terms of the first uh, few weeks of life uh, for newborn childhood things a little bit tougher thicker as you see in your kids you know they fall a lot they they run and fall and tumble and that's you know they start making their skin become a little bit thicker a little bit more lubricant and then puberty you have things to kind of go haywire because now you start having the sebaceous gland producing more um more oil so causing acne all kinds of things so and female you have the you know um, the alveola, which is around your nipple, become darker and bigger as well. Okay. The big thing, the first thing that you should know for you, the skin is this: is A, B, C, D, and E. Um, just like the X-ray, stress X-ray, we do A, B, C, D, E as well. But for skin, you need to know what the A, B, C, D, E for skin is. First one, A is asymmetry. So if things are symmetrical, that's good. If things are not symmetrical, bad. That could be cancerous. B border. If you see a clear border, good. If you don't see a clear border, and like in this picture here, there's no clear border here, you cannot draw a nice thick line, that's bad. C for color, if you see one color, uniform color, good. If you see multicolor, uh, not good. Rainbow color, not good. Uh, D for diameter, the bigger, not the better, the bigger is the worst. So um, things are smaller, if it's nice and small size, it's good. If it's keep growing, not good. Same thing with vertically. Uh, we're gonna talk about some of the skin cancer that actually grow vertically. Uh, if it grows vertically, not good. If it's uh, if it kind of stays in the same side, that's good. E for uh, elevation, kind of touch base on the last one. That elevation means going taller. Going taller is not good. So making sure you you want to know these A B C D E for your skin disease. Okay. Okay. So before we really get into the the disease, okay, you should be able to know how to describe these uh, these skin lesions. Okay, you should be able to know how to describe this skin lesion. When you see when you see them, you you don't want to say, oh, uh, little spot on your back, the brown spot. Okay, you need to know the medical term. You need to know be able to know the medical term describing these. So macule means small. Okay, small, less than one centimeter. So one centimeter is what this big. So less than one centimeter, like freckle, nevi, anything that color change. So any patches, uh, patches bigger, any color change, the small one would be the macules. Okay, macules, which is the small one. Okay. Um, and it's hard when you see these picture and you don't see the reference around it. Uh, you don't know truly how big that is because there's no uh, there's no ruler or no nothing in terms of uh, giving you the uh, reference how big that actual spot is. It could be macule, it could be patch, depending on how big it is. Okay, so if it's small, it's a macule. If a bigger one like this one, definitely you could see the reference at the back. But again, this doesn't tell you much either. It could be a baby, uh, I mean a toddler, versus a a grown man, 35, 36 year old man. I mean you can't really tell. So um, so then it's the best way is to be able to measure it. But more likely this would be a patch, more likely because in terms of the size and how big it is. Okay, so Mongolian spot, we're gonna show you that later on. Vertiligo, uh, Grasma, all of those are considered patch. 
Okay, so macule small. Okay, Levi, Levis, Levis is singular one. Levi is more than one. So uh, you have the uh, macule, Levi, or you could have uh, this is macule as well. You could have macule. We'll talk about papule shortly. Next one is papule. Papule is small, solid lesion, less than one centimeter. So elevated, which means it raised, uh, small, solid lesion, one centimeter. So like you are, could be, there's some nevus uh, that actually look like that. That uh, could be molluscum, um, which actually my son is having right now, molluscum. Uh, warts, uh, sherry angiomas, uh, which is, uh, which we'll, sh we'll, show, uh, we'll look at those. Uh, those are um, pink spots. Uh, usually it's much bigger usually but you could have something that very small like one centimeter those are sherry spot one centimeter one centimeters um plaque this is what plaque look like okay so plaque is flat elevated circumcised uh circumscribed sorry not circumcised uh circumscribed uh lesion greater than one centimeter so okay so plaque we're going to talk a lot more about this this is uh, psoriasis uh, so plaque is hardened it's also elevated Okay, elevated and usually greater than one centimeter. You have lynch and planus and plaque, and we'll talk about those. Okay, some papule may be bigger than um, uh, maybe bigger than one centimeter, so you could uh, you could be considered that as a plaque. The huge one, um, really firm, firm. The key term on this one is not just elevated but firm. Uh, circumscribed lesion is deeper. And big, bigger than one two centimeter, we call it uh, nodules. Nodules. So these are people who have like fibroma, lipoma, all of those uh, fun stuff. If you in the derm stuff, you're gonna see this all day long. Um, like especially lipoma. We'll talk about that shortly. Okay. Vesicles. Vesicle is uh, fluid fill. So the key term is fluid fill. So you have these fluid fill, uh, super, uh, superficial lesion that have uh, fluid fills. Um, Less than one centimeters. You have a tiny little one less than one centimeter. This is like someone, uh, the thyroid cartilage on uh, Adam's apple on someone's neck. Okay, so these little uh, uh, vesicles, so fluid fills vesicle, um, less than one centimeter. So greater than one centimeter, we call it bulla, bulla, like these. Lovely. Okay, you see those, you just want to pop them. Okay, it's like a popsicle. So Great stuff. Uh, so you see this in second degree burn. Uh, there's actually a couple of diseases we're going to talk about this as well. Uh, has to do with Bula, so stay tuned. Uh, Pushel, Pushel. So let me kind of move this down a little bit so you can see the picture here. So Pushels um, is this one. Okay, Pushel. The key is you have pure fluid. So you have pus technically. So pustule, think of pus. So you actually, if there's stuff like pus inside, that's pustule. You have cysts, and this is a cyst. Okay, we're going to talk about cysts today. People love cysts. People love to pop them. People love uh, watching them. So <coughs> a big term to remember, telangiectasia. Telangiectasia is this guy up here. This is the the vesicle, your your red lines of your capillaries dilated, so you're gonna pop up on your skin. So as we age, you can have tons of these. Um, and if you are doing derm, they're definitely gonna get rid of these all day. You with the laser, so we could use the laser to actually close down those capillaries permanently, and then it will disappear. Just sap them with laser, and then it will be disappeared. Okay, so that's the telangiectasia. So know that word, know how to pronounce it as well. Telangiectasia. So that's those like, dilation of those capillaries. And then you have wheels. Wheels are usually are allergic reaction. Okay, wheels are allergic reaction. So this is, you have the race, which is elevated um, in regular shape all over the place. And you have these kind of, could be little edema inside. Just little, can be solid as well. So it depends. Okay. 
scales uh, is the hardening of the skin. This is called keratinize, uh, keratinize, which is scale. Okay, so keratinize. Um, you have the flaky skin as well, irregular shape, flaky skin. Scar is the remnants of the or you know of your acne or fibrous tissue, any type of injury you can cause scarring. Okay. Keloid, very easy to put, pick up. This is called keloid. This is elevated, round, firm, kind of like crawl-like margin. You, people could have keloid from salt, all kinds of things. You could actually have it from burn, from um, certain skin types. This could be genetic that you pass on, that you're actually born with. Uh, you could have this with uh, discoid lupus. Uh, we're going to talk about discoid lupus today as well. Um, so all kinds of things that you could actually have keloid. Erosion, uh, you, you, you're just losing the part of your skin. This is called erosion. Ulcer, guys know all about ulcer, I'm sure, uh, knowing all the stages of ulcer. Fissure, this is a lovely one, so you have the crackling of your skin, your skin just crack and hurt like so much, it hurt like someone stabbing at you or you're using, uh, having a paper cut. So people who have athlete's foot or uh, chelosis uh, usually have these. Okay, so this is just kind of a few summary of, of the term that we talked about. You have borrow. Comedone, Macchio, pap Papilloma, Papio, um, Petechiae, Papora, Plaque, Puschel, Scale, Talantacacia, Vesicle, and Wheels. Let's see how many you remember. Name that skin lesion. Okay, what is this one? Give you a second to think about. Again, this is hard to tell whether it's one centimeter or bigger so so this is again since we don't have a reference for the baby but this is uh, less than one centimeter this is the macule macule okay this one okay so this is a scale right you should know that pretty easy how about this one oh you love this you see, it's just like, mmm, yummy. Look at that hole. Mm. So this is ulcer. Very good. Ulceration, ulcer. How about this one? Oh, this is easy, right? You're seeing uh, elevated, right? Dry. Um, um, you have these dry skin on the top. Very easy to pick up. This is a plaque. This one, uh, most of these are less than one centimeter because on the infant's arm. Um, okay, so this is called a papules. Very good, papules, small ones. Okay, how about this one? Oh, look hard, isn't it? Can you think about it? So this is nodules. Uh, again, bigger than one or two centimeter. Looks, you could look like it's look like solid there. Okay, not this one. This is an ulcer. Good. So make sure you know those. Make sure you know uh, how to um, how to be able to uh, describe those things. So you should be able to uh, definitely how to how to describe those things. Okay. So psoriasis. Psoriasis. This is something you should know. Definitely should know for your final exam. Okay. Psoriasis. First of all, psoriasis is an autoimmune disease. Autoimmune disease, especially, is T cell mediated. Okay. T cell mediate, mediated. So again, when we talk about T cells. Um, you, you think of you know cytotoxic kill, uh, killer cells. You think of T helper cells. So these guys does a lot of uh, does a lot of things. These guys also help activate T cells. So uh, when you have T cell immunity, um, 
mediated problem, uh, usually the problem is kind of wider scale and you actually have a bigger problem to deal with. Okay, so uh, psoriasis, you actually know, is uh, the key would be silvery. That's the key term you should know, okay? Silvery scale, silvery scale. It's elevated silvery scale, okay? It's usually on the extensor surface, on the extensor surface, so you want to know that, okay? So usually you won't see psoriasis on the, in the crease. This is the, this is the, um, the flexor surface. So these are the crease of your, of your arm. These are the flexor surface. So this is not where you will see psoriasis. You will see psoriasis on the outside, which is on the extensor surface. You're extending out of your body. So extensor surface of your body. So this part here, um, neck usually not the one that affected. So your body, your knee, uh, your leg. So all of these uh, would be the extensor surface. Okay. Um, so this is an autoimmune disease. Usually people born with this. And th these are the type that you should know. Okay, these are the type you should know. You have a plaque psoriasis. This is the most common one. This is the most, the, the one that you see in the picture that I've shown you before. Those are what we call plaque psoriasis. Very, very, um, very common. You see that quite a bit. Most people actually have plaque psoriasis. Uh, the one that you might want to remember, inverse is very rare, really, really rare. So you probably will see that. What inverse means is actually is instead of on the extensor surface, it's actually on the flexor surface. Um, usually very rare and sometimes could even happen inside your body. So it's kind of rare. Um, the one that you want to know, definitely, this one is called gut tape, gut tape psoriasis. Gut tape psoriasis looks like this. This is the one here. This is the one on top here. You can see it's instead of a normal plaque-like um, silvery scale, you still wouldn't see the silvery scale if you actually look closely. It's a tiny little dot. But instead of a long plaque-like, it's, it's more of a circular uh, shape in tips. You actually will see a round type of circle with a silvery scale on, on the tip, and you have these redness around it, or brown to red color around that silvery scale. You can see the silvery scale here if you look closely, and some here as well. So right in the middle, okay? So that's called gut tape psoriasis. Pustular psoriasis, as its name, you actually have pus. So this is the one down here. Look at that. Imagine you have this. Um, this is, and it's on, and this one is not just on the ex, um, extensor surfaces. It could be anywhere in your body. And it's the same idea with psoriasis, where you have all of these pus coming up. Okay, all of these pus coming up. So this is a pustular psoriasis. Erythrodermic psoriasis, erythrodermic meaning red, so it looks like this. Instead of zero scale, you actually don't really have that zero scales type things. You actually have just a red, uh, exfoliating uh, redness of your skin, okay? Redness of your skin. So a lot of people consider this as a lesser type of psoriasis because the symptom may not look as horrible as psoriasis, but in terms of condition-wise, very similar. They're very, very similar. Um, and systemic complication, you could have like arthritis, you could have cardiovascular diseases, all kinds of other things as well. One thing to keep in mind with plaque psoriasis, uh, a lot of time people and patients, what they love to do is they, they see these silvery scale stuff on their skin, they like to scrape it out. They love to scrape it out because they don't like it look, look looking so white because it's then kind of uh, attached the attention. So they think they could just actually use a, like a butter knife and just start scraping those stuff out. Um, what they don't know is they keep doing that and it will cause them to actually have, cause bleeding. So you could actually scrape to the point that you start, you know, causing yourself bleeding. So something to, to tell them not to do it, uh, you know, trying to avoid um, when they have these things. You don't want to scrape your skin off. Okay. So again, uh, psoriasis is an autoimmune disease uh, with the T-cells. T uh, you have affects the extensor surfaces on your area. Uh, trigger could be like alcohol stress, all kinds of things that could trigger it. Um, you sh again, you should be able to describe these uh, in terms like, you know, plaque. You know, psoriasis is a plaque. 
that actually have red skin with silvery scale elevated. So, you know, these terms should come as a secondary nature to you because on your exam, that's what how they ask you the question. Uh, a patient coming in with a, you know, race elevated skin with plaque uh, or with silvery skin, you know, what might it, what might it be, okay? So one thing you might want to rule out is the RA, rheumatoid arthritis, because remember, you could have a complication of arthritis. People may come in with arthritis first, telling you they have joint pain and all those kind of things. Uh, so you want to rule out because this is autoimmune disease, you can, and you may have end up with those things as well. Okay. Um, if you see these right here, okay, this means you have psoriasis that affecting the nail bed. Uh, the nails at this point are even going into the nail bed. A lot of time when they come in like that, you do need to remove the nails. So just something that you might want to keep in mind as a nurse practitioner, as a clinician, you need to know how to remove nails. Um, and that's going to be one of your things that you have to check off for your clinicals uh, that you have to do is uh, removing that nail. Pretty fun stuff. Uh, really, really fun, fun things to do. So. Again, plaque, which is in the extensor surfaces of your body. Next one is lynchian planus. Lynchian planus. Uh, this is uh, also the autoimmune disease, okay? But it's benign. Again, it's involved with T cells. You're gonna have this pruritic reach on your palm and your wrist first, okay? But this pruritic reach could reach everywhere in your whole body, okay? Um, you're gonna see a flat top pink papules, okay? Flat top pink pap papules with Wickham's triae. Okay, with Wickham's triae. So Wickham's triae is referring to these branches. You actually have these kind of branches coming out. Uh, these uh, branches kind of connected one to another, kind of like web, uh, web-like. Okay. Um, so Wickham's triae, papule, pink papule. Think of lynchian plants. Okay. Okay. So first one we're going to talk about is atopic. Uh, when we talk about atopic dermatitis, atopic dermatitis. First one is eczema, something you should know. Very, very common. You're going to see this all the time. Uh, this is inflammation of your dermis, of your skin. Atopic, which is mean right on the top. Okay. Um, so this has to do with something to remember since this is uh, e for allergy, right? E for allergies. Uh, so IgE has to do with allergic condition, allergic response. So eczema most of the time is caused by allergic response. Okay, um, you could have it in, in infants, you could have it in child adulthood. Um, so depending on the person, uh, for in, infant you could have on the face, skull, trunk, anywhere in your body, extensor surfaces, uh, even um, creases as well as flexor surfaces. But you could actually have eczema uh, or atopic dermatitis. Uh, children, adult, usually appear on the neck where you know you have anticubital, which is the, all the flexed part, your hand, your feet, uh, all of these. Okay, so your IgE is going to go above 200 IU. Um, so a good thing to test is to test that IgE. You could test eosinophils, but most of the time with uh, atopic dermatitis, most doctors, even dermatologists, we don't even test it. We don't even test. We just look at it and we know what it is. And, you know, why spending time and money testing it, uh, you already know what, um, what that thing is. Okay, so we just go ahead and treat it, basically. Okay, oftentimes it's chronic, and you could see right there, uh, right here is nice and swell, uh, nice and red. Okay, uh, you have these little uh, papules everywhere. You have it on the wrist. Eczema, uh, again, eczema is part of the atopic dermatitis. Okay, uh, usually in children, uh, they kind of outgrow it by the age of two, uh, and you have it all over the place. Could be, you know, it's an allergic reaction. You could have it on the face, on the butt, on the, you know, all the creases in your body. Okay. Testing, we don't usually test it at all. We just kind of treat it, basically. You can see here, right? Can you guess 
This is an eczema, obviously, but can you guess what is the baby allergic to? Okay. A lot of time when you see this, and just keep in mind when you see this in kids, uh, in infants, okay, a lot of time this is a sign, it's a good sign that they're probably allergic to milk. Okay, more likely not their mom's milk. They probably won't be allergic to not to to their mom's milk, but they probably will be allergic to food that they eat or even um, from the formula that they drink. Okay, this is a sign of it because a lot of time, imagine when kids actually holding on to the bottle, they they sleep on the side and drinking milk from the uh, from the side, and that milk kind of run down their cheek and then kind of pulled up, you know, in their bed in their pillow, uh, and then cause this kind of allergic reaction. And when they turn their head to the other side, same thing. Then you start to go down on the other side, and then that start to pull up, then causing this kind of allergic reaction. So you see this. One of the first things you should recommend is, aside from treating it, is to look at what type of you know other alternative type of milk that the baby could actually have. Um, formula is a cow's product. It's actually a casein-based product. So there's a lot of time uh, kids actually allergic to those. Um, one of the you know, and again, don't I don't recommend just jump in and then give the the baby uh, soy milk or you know I had actually one patient come to me and ask me like oh yeah I have a three months old baby can I just uh, feed that baby with a regular whole milk I just buy that and that's a lot cheaper I could buy the whole two gallon uh, in the store and it's a lot cheaper uh, no you cannot feed your baby with those milk okay that is not recommended okay anywhere so do not give that whole milk to a baby not even low fat milk in those form does not work. It's not formula, okay. It doesn't have uh, high enough nutrients or vitamins in those, uh, in 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 those uh, in those milk. It's not for babies. And you can see if you if if this formula causing baby to have this, and you give that whole milk to baby, you, you're gonna have this inside their GI. Remember the GI system is an epithelial cells make up of the same cell that is on your skin. So if it does this on your skin, guess what it's gonna do in your GI tract. So definitely keep that in mind. Uh, you don't want to to do this. Keep, uh, give this to baby. Uh, now today you could actually uh, use goat milk. Uh, there's actually a goat milk formula. They sell it everywhere. Even Walmart actually sell them. Uh, you could go into not the baby section. Amazingly, is in a, in a cooking section. Uh, you go into cooking section. They actually sell a little uh, um, can of. Um, powder, goat milk, that you actually could make a formula out of it. Most babies who are actually allergic to, to cow's milk, they do not allergic to goat's milk. Um, honestly, there's nothing like a human milk. We don't look like cows. We don't move like cows. We should not be drinking cow's milk. So uh, what, why on earth we drinking that milk? We, I don't know. So uh, do not usually, don't really give them, I won't like recommend, usually I don't recommend giving babies or infant cow's milk. Try hum, human milk as much as you can. Um, and if you kind of run out or dry, there's other things that you could do to help with that. But aside from that, if you truly need to, to go to formula, try goat milk. Uh, the closest milk to human's milk is um, is coconut milk. Uh, coconut milk. But again, coconut milk that we sell in the store does not have enough nutrients, uh, enough nutrients for the baby. So you don't want to give that to the baby. The goat milk does. Okay, so um, you could resource to those. Again, uh, allergic contact to dermatitis, that's a type 4 hypersensitivity. Remember, we talked about that in way back in week 2, week 3, topic 2, topic 3. Something you should remember because you may see that again on your final exam. Remember what kind of type of allergic reaction, type 1, 2, 3, 4. So knowing that should, should, uh, would be good. So type 4 is the allergic reaction with the delay response. Okay. Contacts dermatitis again delay hypersensitivities. Um, 
one thing about contact dermatitis, something that you sh- you could see like this one pretty easily. Uh, you could see that she's allergic from her bra. So you could see night. A lot of time people are allergic to the latex of those uh, you know stuff that they wear. So this is really highly recommend. Don't wear any you know, uh, latex stuff. Okay, so a lot of time rubber or latex could cause this. So make sure that uh, you know those. A lot of time people could be allergic to. Uh, you know, we talk. We always talk about detergents. Thing that you could do um, that could to change it uh, with babies. You do like non-allergic stuff. Uh, same thing with adult. If you're allergic to a certain detergent, because there's a lot of flagrants, a lot of chemicals in those, you could try to use the one that doesn't have the flagrants or chemicals. It will reduce your allergies. Because one of the important things that we often forget is that we sleep on our bed and our pillow like six, seven, eight hours a day. A lot of people do. Um, even some of you only sleep four hours or five hours. Still, you spend a lot of time on those pillow, which touch your face all the time, your body all the time. Um, so, so you might want to know, you know, what kind of, um, you know, sometimes you're allergic to those. Then you really need to thinking of changing, um, you know, the, the pillow or the, uh, the sheets or even the, um, the type of detergent that you use. Uh, to help reduce that allergies. Contact dermatitis will cause your skin to become dry as well. You can see it's nice dry and red. Uh, diaper rash, uh, very common. Uh, you're gonna see this quite a bit. Um, they may come see you. This is an easy fix. One of the things to fix this amazingly, we oftentimes recommend zinc oxide. You could buy zinc oxide <clears throat> over the counter. Target, Safeway, Walmart, they all have it. Um, called Desitin. Desitin actually work wonderfully, works amazingly. Uh, a pharmacist actually recommended this to me, uh, and I tried it. It's wonderful. Uh, I recommend it to a lot of my patients. Even a cheaper alternative instead of zinc oxide, use the egg whites. Yep, egg whites. You heard it. Um, you just put that egg white on the diaper rash, you know, leave it for overnight, and your diaper rash will be completely gone the next morning. Okay, so cheaper alternative, natural, just egg whites, so nothing in it. So you just put, put that egg white, rub it on the butt, rubbing on that butt, rub it good. Okay. Don't spank it, just rub it, okay? Uh, just rub it good, rub it on that butt, and you're gonna make sure that is uh, that, that rash will be gone in the morning. <clears throat> okay, so I think we talked enough about atopic dermatitis. Let's talk about next one, which is seboric dermatitis. Seboric dermatitis, this is an inflammation. Uh, usually it's on your scalp, on your eyebrow. This is the, we call it, infant, we call it uh, cradle cap, cradle cap, okay? Cradle cap, uh, this is, um, if it's on your scalp, it could be, um, it could be, um, uh, what's the term? Um, dandruff, sorry, dandruff, uh, keeps skipping my head. Okay, so if it's um, on babies, we call it cradle cap. Uh, usually you could have the yellow crust on your scalp, uh, whereas on the adult, you could have pterysis capitis, uh, which is the dandruff, more flaky, white stuff coming out. So, sobroric dermatitis right here. You can see white flaky skin coming off, cradle cap, so no dose. You will see those on your final exam, okay? Pressure ulcer, pressure ulcer, you have, um, you don't pressure ulcer. There's different types of, different stages of pressure ulcer, stage one, two, three, and four. You guys know this so well. You, you do this for your living, some of you, so, okay? Oritis, that's mean anything that's itching that causes you to, your body to become itchy. Could be all kinds of things. Um, as, bad as, as bad as it is, we usually don't recommend to scratch it. But our you know, human nature, we just want to scratch that, scratch the heck out of that thing. So a lot of time, the more you scratch, the worse it will get. Okay, Usually you don't want to scratch okay, if it's possible. So there's different types. You could have, um, you could have a um, neuro, 
neuropathic, uh, which is, has to do with your nerve endings that you want to scratch as I mentioned I scratch myself. Yes. Pitheriasis rosacea, something you should know. This is a um, benign, self-limiting, which is it will be gone by itself. Uh, the key thing to remember is they have a harrow patch. Harrow patch. Harrow patch is the circle, circulated, dermicated salmon pink skin. So look like this. So this is a salmon pink color. See, it, think of think of your sushi. Okay, I know you don't want to compare this with food, but think of your sushi. You have this nice pink salmon pink color, and it's circulated, circumscribed. Circulated right in the middle, okay, right here. These uh, the color doesn't look may looks brown to you, but technically it's gonna look if you look closely because of, because of the lighting that they when they took the picture. But um, but technically speaking, it's gonna be salmon pink color like this, okay. So scaly salmon pink color. Remember the uh, arrow patch usually happen in uh, teens and young adult, but usually benign. Um, usually. Um, we usually cause uh, link to mycoplasma, picon, uh, pike coronavirus, pike coronavirus, and human herpes 7. Uh, acne, you're going to treat this uh, all the time. You're actually in the uh, anti-aging and derm stuff. You're going to see this all the time. Okay, most common skin disease coming in. Okay, um, Most people usually have problem because uh, you have a comedone. Comedone is the blockage of the pore. Okay, you have this is the normal skin. You have this uh, sebaceous gland which produces oil, uh, and you have this comedone where you have have a plug, uh, something actually blocking the oil to come out. When the when the oil stay inside, then you start having these bacteria kind of stuck in there as well. The bacteria start to reproduce, and as they stuck in the oil, it reproduces like crazy, and your body's starting to send the immune system to attacking these bacteria, causing it. Uh, Causing the swelling, causing it, uh, you know, you could have pus in there because those are both bacteria and the antibodies and the mucus that, that your body actually releases, um, causing to raise like that and cause the inflammation. Okay. So acne, acne, you have acne vulgaris, acne vulgaris, which is the most common one. Okay, acne vulgaris. Vulgaris means ugly. So acne vulgaris, you ugly, vulgar, vulgar, uh, ugly. Okay, so acne vulgaris look pretty ugly. There are two types of two form, two severe form of acne vulgaris. You have acne conchoblata, acne conchoblata, conchoblata are, um, which mean uh, this is the acne, like the acne vulgaris look like this. Okay, acne vulgaris look very much like this. Uh, conchoblata is you have kind of interconnected region, meaning that you have all these kind of. Um, Connected to one another. Okay, acne conchoblata looks like this. Okay, acne conchoblata looks like this. Okay, you have these interconnected lesion. You you have these. Think of it like um, think of it like this picture here. When you have the pus here, when you have these oil and pus, it's not just staying in one side. It actually connects to the neighbor. When they start connecting, making a channel like this guy connect with this guy, this guy connect with this guy. So you start having uh, more than one. You know, causing one huge lesion of acne. You not just have one head. You not just have one little tiny spot, but you have all of these huge spot, huge area. We call it acne conchoblata, conchoblata. Um, and always remember, it as you know, going to a Congo, uh, Republic of Congo, you have these you know connected pride coming all together. So you, and that's how that's how I remember them. Just kind of little pus coming out, making a big huge one. Okay. Uh, the the rare the rare, rare form you're seeing something called acne fulminan acne fulminan which means this is a quick onset this is a kind of more acute type uh, you're actually gonna have fever with this you can actually have 
you could have you see more severe symptoms of these. You could see the skin is you know uh, so inflamed that it looks like it's burned. This is the acne fulminans, acne fulminans right here. Okay. So acne vulgaris. Look at this. You can see here all over the place, right? Uh, in the worst case, you have let's see. Uh, knowing knowing the difference between black head and then white heads. Black meaning it's open, comedome is open, black means open, white means close. Okay, if you have white heads, this means close. That means there's no openings. Think of it, um, think of it, if you have a opening, if you have opening, let's say you have a pudding, you leave, you left the pudding outside for a few days, a few weeks, that pudding is going to have moles on top, so it starts turning black with tons of black and crazy mold on top. So that would be blackhead. If you have a pudding, but you put it in a jar and close it, um, more likely you might be able to keep it longer. You may not have those. It will still remain white, white pudding. Uh, so that's a white head. It's closed. No air to be able to touch it. It's from the outside, so it still look white. Okay, But with the blackhead, those are the open comedones. Um, also, with, with the treatment, just going back here a little bit, with the treatment of acne, there are several treatments that you're going to do with acne. Uh, so most of you recognize this very easily, uh, just looking at it. Um, but there's a couple things you're going to need to know how to, how to, how to treat this. The first one is uh, antibiotics, like uh, simple antibiotics, uh, first or second generation of antibiotics. You're going to use those to kind of get rid of the acne. The idea is, since there's a bacteria in there, you want to get rid of the bacteria, you get rid of the bacteria, then it helps with the acne. For the most part, um, may or may not work. A lot of people try it. A lot of the over-the-counter over products kind of dry out your skin. Um, so a lot of people even wanting to the skin to be dry out even more because it, remember the, the problem of this that caused this in the first place is the pluckish, uh, something that plucked the, the oil in your sebaceous gland. So a lot of people would resource to um, uh, the retin-A or retinol, which is vitamin A. Um, if you're going to put your patient on there, this one of the worst drops that you could put on because it's good. it will make your skin completely dry. It will get rid of your acne very quickly. But the problem is it's actually cause birth defects. So if you're going to put people on ret retinol or Ret-A, uh, make sure that you know they either sign a consent that they're not going to have babies uh, or you, a lot of doctors actually would prescribe birth control pill at the same time for them to take to make sure that they won't have any baby causing them to have birth, birth defects. And um, if they're planning to get pregnant, you need to uh, they need to stop this um, between three to six months, they usually recommend three months. But for me, oftentimes when I practice, I always go on the safe side because I've seen some cases that longer than three months. So I would say, you know, do six months at least. Uh, don't don't do the three months. Just recommend at least get off six months before they actually uh, will try to get pregnant. Okay. Uh, what, but one of the best therapy to use is the blue light therapy. Uh, it's a UV blue light therapy. Uh, it actually will open up the pores, uh, get rid and clean out the whole entire face. Um, kind of almost take some of the epithelial layer out as well. Really nice therapy for them to do. Um, used to be very expensive, now it's really affordable. So if you really have patients who have uh, these kind of problems, acne conchoblata, okay, um, you know, while you're prescribing them with antibiotics, uh, you might want to have them also try the, uh, the blue light therapy as well. Okay, so rhinophema, rhinophema, I will. Okay, so rhinophema, rhinophema. Um, this is the growth on the nose. Okay, right. I always remember just you know just think of kind of like a rhinoceros. Just just always think of them like little rhinoceros. You have these rhino. Um, there, little eyes. There, little rhino. 
so rhinoceros, you actually you have this little growth on your nose. Uh, basically, this um, it's, it's not painful. You actually, if you see the Dr. Pimple Popper, you see a lot of people coming in with this quite a bit. You know, and actually, the best way to test for derm is actually watch that show. Uh, everything that we cover is actually in that show. Um, a lot of things that we cover in this, in this lecture is in that show. So if you go over this lecture and you could just, if you have TLC, just go to that online TLC and just start quizzing yourself um, with those with each episode and see whether you come up, could come up with the diagnosis before she does. Um, um, and she'll confirm it for you. A lot of these are on that show. It's very, very common. Okay, so this uh, rhinophema, rhinophyma, is um, large, bulbous, uh, keyword, rudy nose. Okay, rudy nose. Uh, you could see kind of like Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer. Uh, Rudy, um, because it's red, you can see that right here, a little Rudolph there, um, caused by the granulomatous uh, in infiltration. So these are just kind of fat filled um, into the nose. You have pus, fast, all, all kinds of stuff filled into the nose. Um, so, but we can fix this. We can actually fix this. There's different ways you could actually uh, treat this. You could treat it uh, by slowly shaving it out. Um, usually there's not a lot of pain associated with it. There's actually, you just kind of numb the area a little bit and start cutting and shaving it off bit by bit. You could do that as well. You could use laser. Uh, the better quicker way is using a laser treatment, um, kind of cutting this off, shaving this off. Uh, just remember when you're shaving this off, there's not a lot of pain associated with it, but it's still is vascularized, meaning that they're still going to be bleeding. Um, so it may take a few weeks uh, after you, you cut it and shave it off to look like this. So you will see bleeding, but um, definitely it's treatable. Very easy to treat as well. Really easy to treat. Uh, a lot of dermatologists um, treat this. But again, this is technically the reason they come to her, her, her show, Dr. Pimple Popper, because this is an elective surgery, meaning that you have to pay out of pocket to this for this. And insurance will not cover it because there's no pain. You, it doesn't cost you anything. It just wouldn't hurt you. It would not kill you. So uh, in order to remove this, it's all basically um, cash-based. Um, so a lot of people don't have money. They, they, don't, they don't have the money to clean it out, so to to, to cut it off. So they, um, you know, that's why people go on a show for, possibly for free just to get it, these procedure done because um, they have to pay out of their pocket and they can't. Okay, so name this acne. <clears throat> what would this be? You can see it's all these interconnecting, uh, interconnecting portion of this. Okay, so interconnecting part of this right here. So what would this be? This is acne conchobata. Very good, conchobata. Looks pretty bad. Uh, you have a lot of pus, uh, bleeding and pus everywhere. So it looks pretty bad. But again, this is it's, you have these interconnecting chamber uh, lesions. So this is acne conchobata. Again, you have these connecting lesions feature to it. So acne conchobata. It's, it's rare, like I said, the reason I keep repeating these, uh, all of these are conchobata, all, all these are acne conchobata, because it's really weird for you to see the fulminant, and the fulminant are usually a acute type of symptoms. You're going to have fever, you're going to have all kinds of things to it as well. So, But it's going to be more common for you, these are chronic ones, because these are the ones that you probably will see. Whatever you do, don't do this. Don't pop your... Um. So the question actually is, uh, whether you want to pop your pimples. Okay, what do, you, what do you want to do? You want to pop your pimple, yes or no? Okay, uh, this is the, the million dollar question, uh, whether you know, it's like the, which one comes first, chicken or the egg? Okay, million dollar question. Um, the reason, the thing is, if, and the, the answer is actually depends, depends on the person. Okay, um, if you pop your pimple, it will actually heal quicker. Okay, 
if you pop your pimple, it will it will uh, make your pimple heal quicker. But if you pop your pimple, it will cause scar. Okay. If you don't pop your pimple, there will be no scar, but it will take longer to heal. So it really depends on which one you know which one are you willing to give up. Okay. Are you willing to give up time or scarring for the rest of your life? So which one? We talk about these. Uh, you should know these: blackhead versus uh, blackhead versus whitehead. Okay, so black comedones, uh, open comedones are blackheads. So closed comedones are whiteheads. Acne rosacea this is another condition that you're gonna see this quite a bit, uh, especially in a middle age folks. If you actually watch, just watch any news, uh, newscaster, you know, any person on the TV. Watch their face. Uh, you could see if they have redness in their face. Uh, this is um, you're gonna see more and more people, especially men, have acne rosacea. Actually, have that redness complexion, uh, and it, it, and their skin become very sensitive to the sun as well. You're gonna see the redness everywhere on the face. Okay, uh, rosacea doesn't mean it's a pimple. But, um, it, it's kind of associated with the, the pimple. Uh, you're gonna seeing a little bit of, of pimple in there. Um, whereas we can, you're gonna see this rash uh, with another disease as well called lupus. Uh, lupus, you will not see these pimples on the lupus. Definitely, they will, they will have this rash. They will be um, very sensitive to the, um, very sensitive to the, very sensitive to the, the light. But you won't see these little tiny pimples everywhere. You only see these in, in. Um, you only see these in acne rosacea. Speaking of which, we have SLE, systematic lupus erythematosus. Okay, systemic lupus erythematosus. So there's two types. There's systematic, which means the whole entire body. This is the worst one. And then you have the discoid type, which is just the skin lesion only. It's not the it doesn't affect your whole entire body, only affects your your um, your skin. Okay. So we'll talk about systematic one first, SLE. SLE, you're going to see the key term to remember, really remember them, because you're going to see this on your final exam, is the butterfly rash. You have this butterfly rash on your... Uh, and the butterfly rash can happen on your shin as well. Okay, You can have this rash all the way down to your shin. Okay, uh, Can. So with lupus, it's an autoimmune disease. Autoimmune disease, um, meaning that most, most likely you're going to see with female. Uh, depending on the age when they diagnose, some people actually were diagnosed when they're younger. If the younger you diagnose, the... Um, shorter the lifespan will be. So if you are diagnosed in your teens, uh, in your 10, 8, 10, 12 years old, more likely your life expectancy is going to go to around 40 to 50 years old. Uh, but if you diagnose much later in your life, in your 30, your 40, uh, you more likely will be able to go all the way to uh, in your 60 or 70s. So it depends on when it's diagnosed. Also important. Also keep that in, keep that in mind. Yeah, educate your your patient with that as well. Uh, more likely, they will have joint swelling, so it may look a lot like RA, so there's something you might want to rule out as well. Um, you're gonna have rash everywhere. You're gonna have, you could have a renal disease. Your kidney could actually shut down. The antibodies that you produce, it will eventually start attacking. Not just, it's in your blood, so it will start attacking your organs as well, in, including what most common, um, commonly is in your kidney. Uh, so when you, when it does that, you're gonna see the the renal function keeps going down and down and down. Eventually, you end up with renal failure. Um, you could also have heart disease. This is a, a less common occurrence, but it, those antibodies could also attack uh, the the heart the heart valves and tissue as well. You may end up with valve replacement or even a, a new heart as well. Okay, uh, CBC. The key to remember. Uh, a lot of people are saying, oh, okay, SLE. You need to test uh, ANA. ANA. Uh, ANA is not a gold standard. You do not diagnose SLE with ANA. 
Okay, so keep that in mind. The one that you diagnose SLE is double-stranded anti-DNA. You want to test that double-stranded anti-DNA. This is the one that we use to diagnose uh, SLE. Okay, so when you do the ANA, you could have a negative result. Some people actually have a false negative for uh, ANA, but yet they test positive for uh, double-stranded anti-DNA, DS, uh, uh, anti-DNA. So, so that's why you want to really make sure you actually uh, test this along with together. ESR, CRP, we talked about that before. Those are inflammatory markers, so those are going to go up. So set rate, ESR to set rate. CRP is C-reactive protein. So anytime you have inflammation, those are going to go up, especially with SLE case, you're going to see that goes up. Um, there are 11 symptoms. Uh, you guys, you could look those up. Uh, what are the 11 symptoms? Some of them list here uh, as well. So you're going to see all of these symptoms. So if you meet four out of the 11, four out of the 11, you will be diagnosed with, uh, with lupus. Okay. Next one is discoid lupus. Discoid lupus is um, one of the main things you're going to see is um, you're going to see Raynaud syndrome. This is uh, this picture that you see on the bottom here. This, these are the Raynaud phenomenon. Okay, these are the Raynauds. Okay, let me move these. Okay, so this is the Raynaud phenomenon. You could see what, what Raynaud phenomenon looks like. Uh, this is a part of the uh, DLE, discoid lupus erythematosus. Okay. A lot of time it's genetics, um, but it can be environmental. But a lot of time it's genetics. You actually born with this. Um, you will see this come on in the thirties, uh, late thirties, early forties. Uh, you're gonna have plaque-like uh, lesions, uh, especially around your head and face area. You uh, may have that. Okay, like seal. Just always when you see think, think of this. Uh, think of seal, the, the singer, not the animal. So uh, he actually has uh, discoid lupus. You can see how his face kind of have uh, some lesion there on the face. So treatment, we usually have cream, tropical cream treatment, and also, uh, also, uh, avoid sunlight. But you could see here, you have the easy one to remember is, um, is you have this darker lesion around darker skin. You have a lighter skin in the middle. Okay, all of these are plaque, so you just feel like scaly type of stuff, dry scaly stuff. So uh, you have the darker complex around it, and then you have a lighter complex inside. Okay, so these are very common with. With um, with plaque, or with um, discoid lupus. Okay, this one you do need to know. Uh, another one you should know is called pemphigus. Pemphigus. Okay, this is completely rare, literally, really rare. Uh, but it's a chronic. It has to do with IgG. Um, you have too much IgG. This is uh, autoimmune disease. So your IgG uh, G for goal. So old. So you have these old uh, antibodies that um, start attacking your body, start attacking your skin. Okay. Um, usually, uh, in the middle age, you're gonna have this something called Nikolsky sign. Nikolsky sign. You could see here. This is pimphigus. Pimphigus. You have all of these. Um, you could have boule here as well, but you could see these crusted area, crusted region. Okay. Even the red area. <coughs> okay. So, what Nikolsky sign is? Uh, if you press on it, okay. Um, if you have a blister and you press on the blister, okay. Uh, Things most like if you have lipoma, uh, you have lipoma fibroma. When you press on it, it doesn't doesn't go anywhere. It stay right there. Uh, you just kind of, you just kind of make a little dipple, and that's it. And then, but the lesion kind of contain itself. It contain it at the same area. Okay, that would be a negative Nikolsky sign. Positive Nikolsky sign is when you press on it, things start to spread. So it become it thins out. Instead of a little make a little dipple, it actually will low, uh, it will lower lower itself down, and then things will spread everywhere. So that's a Nikolsky sign.
Okay, you can see that's the Nicole C uh, right here if you were to use. And oftentimes with this, we oftentimes use um, something aside from your finger to press. You could use your finger as well to press. You could use your pen, um, your uh, eraser, and a lot of times just press on and pencil. So erase, press on this, and you you was gonna start seeing seeing that spread. Bolus pemphigo bolus pemphigoi. Okay, this is another one. Uh, it has to do with IgG and IgE. It is usually benign. Um, looks like this. You're seeing nice yellow color bolus everywhere, uh, everywhere. Okay, so these one things will contain at the at the location. Okay, um, when you press on it, it doesn't go anywhere. You're gonna see it kind of dimple it down a little bit, but things will kind of stay there. It doesn't go anywhere. It will just kind of stay at that area. But when you with the pemphigus, when you press on it, it kind of spread. It can just spread out. So this one would have a negative Nikolsky sign. Nikolsky sign. Erythema multiform. Erythema multiform. This is usually when you see this, this is target lesion. Target lesions, just remember bullseye or target lesion. You definitely need to know this one. This is a bad sign. This is when you see this, anytime you see this, that means something bad about to happen. Usually it's a reaction to drugs, you could have reaction to, uh, it could be hypersensitivity to, to things, could be to food, but most likely it's drugs that you're allergic to. Um, for example, like you're gonna see this right before uh, Stephen Johnson syndrome. Stephen Johnson, if you, some of you definitely know what Stephen Johnson is, looks horrible, and that's the allergic reaction of antibiotics. Uh, so when you see this, when you see this bullseye or target lesion, uh, Anytime you, we, anytime you see the word target lesion mentioned or bullseye mentioned, think the first thing you should think of is erythema multiform. Okay, you have folliculitis and fur uncle. We're going to talk about those. Folliculitis is inflammation of your hair follicle, your hair follicles. Okay, your hair follicle, and usually it's caused by staph aureus uh, superbug. Okay, your superbug actually causes folliculitis. Uh, and there's a couple of forms. One is called fur uncle. These are boils. You actually have boils. Okay, uh, fur uncle. Okay, um, so when we talk about when we talk about abscess or fur angle, okay, uh, the reason this is different than the acne. Acne, you see, you remember it is the blockage of the sebaceous gland. It's the blockage of the sebaceous gland right here. So it block right on the top here. But with abscess, with the uh, folliculitis, folliculitis is one. You only have one. So one hair. It's the follicle of your hair. Follicle, what does that mean? It's on the bottom part of your hair shaft or your hair root, uh, your hair root here. So the bottom part of that follicle is become infected. Okay. Whereas acne, you have a problem up here, way up here. Whereas here, you have a problem, the problem happening down here. Okay. So folliculitis is one. Furuncle is one area, area, one big, not big, but one area. Okay. Fur, think of fur, uh, furuncle. Uh, you have fur uncle, your uncle have one, that fur uncle, that uncle that have lots of hair, have one of the spot, only one spot that have this happen. You have carp uncle, okay, carp uncle. Carp uncle is like a car wreck. You have fur uncle just car wreck with one another. You have all these come in with a bigger spot like this. Yummy, look at that. And you can see how big that is. See how huge that is? That big area, okay? Not just one spot, one, anything more than one is called carp uncle. Anything more than one, it's carbuncle. And a lot of times, this is abscess. When you will treat this, you will see this definitely. I guarantee it. You will see that. Okay. So when you treat this, what you have to do is you have to drain out the abscess. So you have to cut this open, uh, drain it all out, and you have to pack it, uh, pack it with gauze, uh, and then do, and change that gauze every two or three days. Especially in your back, especially things like this. This could be really big. 
you could have a huge cave inside. Um, could be could you could actually announce it as a national monument, national cave. Um, you know, it's gonna be a huge hole going in. Could be uh, like this big. Could be this deep uh, inside that bag. Um, so you can have a huge cavity in there where you actually have to clean it all out uh, and then pack it with gauze. And then usually you, you would use two or three rolls to pack that thing. And um, and then you would clean it out uh, every two or three days, clean out those cloths. So cellulitis, you guys know this very well, cellulitis inflammation of your cell. Um, but it, uh, usually it's caused by staph or strep, okay? um, more than one location. This one is necrotizing fasciitis. Necrotizing fasciitis. This is the uh, bacteria eating this, uh, skin disease. Um, so this is fresh bacteria, uh, fresh eating skin disease. So the most common type of necrotizing fasciitis is Staph aureus. Staph aureus. So it's the same bug that actually in your nose, same bug that actually everywhere in your body, in your lungs, in your skin. So this guy, anytime you have a cut, a small cut. Um, that guy could go into those cut and then causing you to have necrotizing fasciitis. Um, watch this YouTube video. Um, this is a lady that's actually had necrotizing fasciitis. It eat half of her face. She's still alive. Um, I don't recommend that's how you should clean it, but that's you know given the circumstances where she lived and the limited access to health. I think that's the best thing that they were to to clean it with water. But as you can see, um, you're gonna see that it kind of eat off of her skin and fresh, and even her muscles. A lot of her muscles are gone. You could see her bones, psychomatic bone, teeth. Um, probably have a hard time eating because there's nothing holding food inside. So. This one you definitely need to know because you're going to see this like crazy. Uh, kids actually have this uh, impetigo, impetigo, contagiosum, just like it sounds, contagious, very, very contagious. Um, this is very common with kids. This is bacterial, really bacterial type. Uh, the key thing to remember, key thing to remember is a yellow crust. Uh, impetigo, you have this yellow honeycomb crust everywhere in, uh, in, your, in your face. Okay, So this is a staph again, an ostrap. Uh, you could have bullets, you could may not have bullets, okay? Non-bullets, you could see right here. Um, you have these small vesicle with honey color serum. Honey color serum. Honeycomb color, yellow crust. Anything you see those when you see when you hear those terms, describe those terms, remember it's impetigo. Impetigo. Okay. See how yellow that is? Very bullish yellow crust. If it bullish yellow crust in kids, think of impetigo. The lovely one, this is very common, uh, HSV1 and HSV2. I actually did my study, my research study on HSV1. Uh, HSV1 in my medical school. So HSV1 is the oral herpes. HSV2 is a genital herpes. But again, today's world, people do things the way, you know, do kinds of all kinds of weird and crazy things. So you may have HSV1 on your genitalia and you may have HSV2 on your, in your mouth. So... Vice versa. So, but to put the, put put in perspective, uh, majority of herpes are HSV one. About ninety percent or so, uh, more than ninety percent is HSV one, and then less than ten percent is HSV two. So, majority of the cases are herpes type one simplex. Very little is type two. Okay, uh, and people always think it's just the mouth um, or the genitalia, but um, but it could happen anywhere in your body. It could happen on your arm, your finger, your uh, your between your fingers. You know wherever the virus could get into. This is a viral infection, so wherever the virus could get into, it could actually cause you this. And remember, if you have this, you all will and always have this. Um, so every time your immune system going down, that's when it actually come back up. So keep that in mind. Okay. So HSV one 
um, usually it's on the corner of your mouth. Okay, these are the corner of your mouth or on your lips, especially. They usually grow around the nerve endings. So you actually have nerve endings on the top, on the bottom here, nerve ending here, especially on the ridge here and around your nose, nasal ridge. Uh, you have these uh, lesions. Usually it's a vesicle filled, fluid fills the region. You actually have fluid filled vesicles. Uh, it become most contagious when you actually, when those vesicles become open, pops open, you have these uh, yellow stuff, uh, these uh, liquid everywhere. So when you touch those and touch someone else, they will get it. Okay. Uh, spread very easily, very, very easily. I mean, imagine this, this thing is so, some people are saying that it's so common and some studies show that it's so common. Common to the point that people actually have a dating website based on herpes. Uh, like the herpes folks trying to find love with another herpes folks. So I don't know, uh, but that's what I heard. Haven't tried it, uh, so I don't know. But uh, HSV1 uh, is uh, usually is around your mouth, but again, could be anywhere. Okay. Uh, herpes zoster, which is shingles. Herpes zoster is shingles. Um, you have two types. If it's uh, herpes zoster or shingles, this is when it's happened with adult. If it's uh, in kids, we call it chicken pox. Okay, so uh, herpes zoster, what it does is it actually wraps around your body, go around your body, going up. Okay, you're gonna see this. These guys start to wrap around the body. You're gonna see these vesicles start to wrap around the body. Okay, um, you want to treat them. You want to make sure that the person there's there's no usually people who have this will actually have pain, uh, come with pain. You you're gonna see the lesion with fluid filled solution with redness and then pain. Okay, uh, may or may not have fever. If you do, may have a low grade fever. Uh, usually for for the adult for kids, you're definitely gonna have a, a little bit higher fever, uh, and you're gonna see the lesion more clearly. And it's not just wrapping around your body, but all over your body. Okay, uh, your face, your neck, your arm, everywhere. Um, there's a question also whether to 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 get the vaccine for for chickenpox. Again, it's really the preference. As a clinician, you guys need to inform your patient more appropriately. Uh, you know all the pros and the cons. Uh, the thing is, if you have chickenpox, if you have chickenpox, you will always have uh, the herpes um, zoster for the rest of your life. Okay, doesn't mean you will get it when you become adult. Okay, doesn't mean you will get it when you become adult. But whenever your immune system is low. That could come up again. You may have shingle when you are when you are adult. You will develop an antibody for it. Okay, you will have the antibody for the uh, uh, for the shingles. But as long as your immune system is intact, you sh those antibodies should be able to fight off those virus. Should be fine. But if your immune system is low, like in HIV patients, these shingles could come back. Okay, so if you were to vaccinate it for uh, for for this. Okay, the vaccine only lasts three to five years. Okay, so you may need to reboot your vaccine as the adult. Okay, some people may not need it. Some people will do need it. Uh, a lot of time we only vaccinate up to you know in the teen years, and then we stop vaccinating people with uh with chickenpox uh, vaccine. Okay, so my recommendation would be if you vaccinate it, make sure you want to check those. You know, every now and then you want to check your um, your antibody to see whether you still have that immunity for for the chickenpox or for the herpes zoster, so you won't get shingles when you're adult. If you actually if you don't have the immunity for it and you get the shingle when you're adult, um, that could be bad. It's very bad for you. Like it could uh, it, with the complication, it could cost you to die. Okay, uh, and this is highly contagious. So by just touching it, you could actually get it. Okay, so uh, to make sure if and if you let's say you decided to like you know what I just want my kids 
I don't want a vaccine. I want my kids to just ride, just have it um, as a kid. Have a have a chickenpox, get it over with. Don't have to worry about that. Okay, that's fine. But just keep in mind, if your kids have it, that's great. But if your kids reach a certain point, let's say they reach ten years old, twelve years old, hitting that puberty, and see they don't have the chickenpox, then you might want to think about the vaccine because uh, by that time, by the, if they're hitting the age twelve, thirteen, puberty, and they haven't had the chickenpox, more likely. You know, when they have it, it's going to be severe. So you might want to vaccinate them then. Okay. So if you want, if you are, you know, we used to have a chicken pox party back in the heydays. Um, but now a lot of people don't have a chicken pox party. But if you don't have a chicken pox party, make, you know, and you don't vaccinate your child, um, make sure that, you know, you want to keep that in mind. As a clinician, you want to inform them that as well, that, you know, if you reach uh, a teenage year, you might want to get your child vaccinated. Otherwise, they will end up with, with shingles. So, um, so keep that in mind. So warts also uh, highly contagious, highly contagious transmission by touch. Okay, again, the term you might want to remember again is verruge. Verruge is warts. Warts is verruge. Warts is virus. A virus. HPV, human papillomavirus. Uh, you guys know what HPV is. This is actually on your exam. HPV. The lower the strand, the lower the strand is the one that causes cancer, cervical cancer. The higher the strand, the higher the number. Is the one that causes warts. So what do I mean by by that? If you talk about number 12, 15, those are the lower strand. Those are usually the one that we concern about regarding the HPV for the cervical cancer. Uh, the higher number, like 28, 33, 35, 45, uh, those are the higher strand. That's the one that that will give you warts. Okay, the one that will give you um, warts. Okay, so it's highly contagious, um, sexually transmitted disease. Um, this is this is the what we call I believe we call him in, uh, the tree man. Yes, tree man, uh, Groot. I am Groot. Um, this is a tree man. Unfortunately, you know we try to treat him. We try to uh, get rid of those warts. All of those are warts. All of those are warts. Completely all warts all over his body. So we're trying to get help him. I believe pro bono a couple of times. It removed for some you know for a few weeks or months, and then it started to come back again. Um, I believe at this time he actually already passed away. Uh, he passed away at this point. But uh, this is what I believe he he had a really bad case of HPV, human papillomavirus. This is what it looks like. Um, the, the descriptive term, some, something you should know, descriptive term, uh, this is uh, kind of like cauliflower-like. Uh, for some reason, we like to compare these with food. We attach a food term with these all the time. So this is a cauliflower-like, so you're going to see like cauliflower colonies. And this is highly vascularized. You actually have blood vessel going up to the top dome of this. People see board. People think that they, oh, I could just cut this off. Uh, just use a knife and just cut it and then it will be fine. Okay, and what they don't realize is when they do that, they bleed like crazy because there's actually several blood vessels going up to this area up here. So, um, yeah, no, no, big no, no. Do do not do that. Do not cut this off. Usually, we burn this off. Uh, we use um, not with fire, uh, with uh, with liquid nitrogen. So we use coal to actually burn this off. There's actually a liquid one as well. You could actually put on um, a treatment where you put on liquid where that it's it's actually an acid. Um, it, once you put it on, it actually turns this thing into white, and as we'll start eating it away, slowly start eating away, um, it actually is just an acid base to just start eating your skin away. Okay, different type, different form of warts. Again, remember the warts, always remember Varuga, Varuge is warts. So you have uh, vulgaris, this just means look ugly. So vulgaris could be anywhere in your body. Okay, Varuga, vulgaris. Plantaris, Varuga, plantaris is on your feet, in your foot. Okay, so 
plantars, planting your foot. You plant your foot. So plantars. Uh, Filiform, you're going to see this is kind of like a, look more like a um, Empire State Building or Eiffel Tower. So this is kind of like a little pyramid going up. Okay. Genital, I don't have to tell you what that is. Okay. A lovely place. Okay. Place where no man has gone before. Okay. So that's genital ward. You have condyloma acuminata. Okay, a condyloma lata, so that's a later stage as well. Um, again, this is highly contagious with person contact. Uh, the top portion, some of the top portion may not be contagious, but in a deeper between the crease, because this, these are dead skin, uh, but in between the crease, you definitely can contract it, the virus. Um, okay, so I don't recommend touch, touching these things with your bare hand. Always wear gloves, uh, touching these things. Eventually, when you practice long enough, you will know what you can touch and what you cannot touch. And this is one of the things that you don't want to touch. Okay, uh, and you can see right here. Okay, warts. This is uh, vulgaris. This is on your on your hand. Plantaris on your foot. See how how much this look like cauliflower? Uh, don't you just want to eat that? Mm, yummy, right? Filiform. See you see how fil filiform look. Uh, nice little pyramid coming up. Like, you know, pyramid or like Eiffel Tower just popping out of nowhere. Um, Again, these are viruses. These are viruses that are causing this, so you might want to make sure not touching it. So, so this one is genitalia. You have it on the penis. Uh, you have uh, condylo accumulata, and you can see right same thing uh, in the mouth on the on the, the, the hard palate. Again, people do things that they not, you know, do weird things. So putting things in your mouth, causing these. Make sure you know you want to look. Before you do things, if you see this, you don't want to put this in your mouth. So if you put this in your mouth, this is what happened. Okay. Yes. So you see that you're like, uh, yes, you don't want to touch these. Okay. Um, you don't want to touch these. So another one that you're definitely going to see this quite a bit if you work with kids. This is called molluscum contagiosum. Molluscum contagiosum. Um, okay. So this. Is self-limiting is actually will take about six months or so to actually go away. It takes a little longer. Uh, it's a lesion on your skin. Um, kids oftentimes have this. Okay, it um, the picture. It usually it's a smaller lesion. Uh, it's uh, you have a raised lesion. Um, it's not fluid filled, but it's kind of more, it's more like little solid lesion everywhere. A little tiny spot on your on your skin. The more you rupture it, the more you it will spread it around. Okay, the more you touch it, the more you rupture it, it will kind of spread everywhere. So you want to make sure that it's actually contained. Okay, my son having it right now, so um, what, that's why we put band-aids on some of some of them. It's not this bad, but um, to make sure that he doesn't scratch it and kind of spread more of those all over his body. Okay, so this is um, this is a virus uh, again. Uh, this one does not associate with fever. So like chickenpox, you will see that you will have that redness around it as well. With chickenpox, you're going to have these redness around it. But this one does not have that. Okay, it does not have the redness. But you're going to see more like a papules everywhere. Okay, and does not come with fever. So you, you some people may have like body aches uh, with, with adult. Um, there's no pain to it. It's actually a painless lesion. Um, it can be itchy. It could be pruritus, but not, uh, not no fevers. Okay. Um, Usually it's a dome shape. So rubella, rubella. Interestingly, we should we never have to actually stop. Actually, we could stop talking about this if people were to vaccinate because it's actually went away already. But now people stop vaccinating, so this thing start to come back. So measles uh, or rubella is actually German measles. It's tiny little dots all over your body. Okay, um, 
most children usually is mild, um, but it can be a problem uh, with older uh, older folks as well. Uh, you may have uh, like a flu-like symptoms. You can have like a low-grade fever, headache, uh, running nose and cough, and you have all these little red spots everywhere. Okay, but it's a viral infection. A viral infection. Uh, we usually get vaccine for this. If you vaccinated, you're gonna get uh, the you know MMR, which is the R in the MMR is the rubella, uh, and actually the R is ru ru rubiola. Sorry. Uh, mumps is that one. Um, rubiola is the uh, is very similar. It's um, paramysovirus, moxivirus. Um, it's red as well. And usually, it's really rare. You have but you have a lot of higher fever. You have uh, higher a lot more symptoms. You're gonna have uh, more acute condition of coughing. You actually will have a worse cough, barking cough. Uh, you're gonna see the copic spot, uh, copic spot, which is in the in the mouth. Okay, copic spot. Um, we have vaccine for this as well. Roseola is usually caused by uh, herpes virus. Roseola. Uh, Usually lasts, and you have three to three three or four days. This is um, varicella, which is a chickenpox, herpes. Um, okay, so it's have you have these redness spots everywhere. You do associate with uh, fever as well, um, especially with kids. Uh, you actually have fever with this, um, whereas um, molluscum, um, contagiosum, doesn't actually have fever. And this is a nice little chart to kind of give you a, you know, show you the differences between each one from the uh, rubella, rubiola to roseola and chickenpox, so kind of, and the incubation periods. Next one is fungal fungus infection is the tinea, tinea, so different type of tinea's. So fun fungus infection of any type of fungal is mycosis. And that, those are the uh, species terms. Uh, it's mycosis. Okay, so the Usually, a group under mycosis. Uh, the actual term for the disease is based. Used, we use the word tinea, tinea, and then depending on where it is in your body, tinea capitis is being on your head. Okay, tinea capitis. Uh, we'll talk about that shortly. Tinea pedis, which is on your foot. Tinea corporis, which is the most common one, is all over your body. Tinea cruris, cruris is actually in your uh, growing area, and then. Ongonum is uh, oftentimes we use onychomycosis. Onychomycosis is the fungal infection in your nails. That's when you remove the nail. So when you when you do that nail removal techniques. Okay. Um, tinea usually diagnosed with wood lamp. Um, that said, um, the older physician usually have wood lamps in their office, but the newer physician I hardly see those anymore. Some people don't even have it at all. Um, uh, diagnosing with woodland. Uh, some dermatologists still keep woodland in their office, um, but you could actually test it with uh, KOH prep. Uh, you could a lot easier and quicker. You just spray the, the lesion and then just test with the KOH prep. Uh, or you could shine. Um, you could, I mean, the woodland will show it as well. Just turn on the lamp and it will grow in the dark, pretty much the lesion. And I'll show you that picture shortly. So, tinea corporis, you're going to see this quite a bit. This is fungal infection. This is a ringworm, okay? Uh, ringworm or fungal infection. Uh, Usually it's in the kit, uh, in the in your kittens and puppies. So if you play with dogs, uh, you can get it transferred by touching it. So you're touching it, you could actually get it onto you. Uh, so ringworm, okay. You could see the ringworm. You have a darker color around it, and then you have a red color uh, in the middle. Okay, dark color, color, and then red in the middle. Okay. So, so when you see this, don't you don't want to touch. This is one of the things that also you don't want to touch. You want to wear gloves with this. So when you touch this, you could actually pick up these fungal infections. Okay. 
candidiasis, uh, candidiasis, something you should know, Lily should know about this. Uh, candidiasis is oral thrush. Oral thrush. The oral thrush is fungal infection, usually very common in kids. Uh, in kids, we call it oral thrush. In adult, we call it candidiasis. Uh, okay, and you could have like in a close, tight area like under breast, groin, armpit. A lot of women actually have um, candidiasis uh, infection as well. Okay, so oral thrush. So it's a yeast infection, candidiasis. Um, diabetes, a more at risk AIDS patient. Um, usually it's asymptomatic. Uh, for those women who actually have candidiasis, it's actually asymptomatic. It's, uh, usually it's vaginal, just kind of itchy. Um, again, we like to compare it with a food term, cottage cheese. You're going to see a cottage cheese appearance. Uh, I'm going to show you just a second what that looks like. Okay, Testing, again, we use the KOH prep. Very easy to test. Just use the KOH prep. Um, this is potassium. Um, hydroxide, potassium hydroxide, and you're going to see um, bubbles in them. You actually will see uh, the bubble. If you look closely, let's say you shave it out and you look closely, you're going to see something called hyphae, uh, pseudo-hyphae, uh, in the pattern of the branching of these, these fungal infections. Okay. Um, anything with ASOL with antifungal would actually help. One thing to keep in mind, antifungal medication has a huge effect to your liver. So when you're actually putting these pe people on these for a long period of time, so you want to check their liver function to make sure that uh, you won't be, you're not having a um, liver failure. So of cirrhosis of the liver. Okay. Um, so oral thrush like these, okay, you could see, this is the oral thrush. Oral thrush is actually on top. The easy way to tell, you could scrape it out. You could use your tongue depressor, scrape it out, and it will come out. If you see the white stuff like this on here, and you're trying to use your tongue depressor to scrape it out, it will not come out. This is called leukoplakia. Leukoplakia. Leuko means white. Plakia is plaque. White plaque. This white plaque actually could lead to cancer. So when you see leukoplakia, that's cancer. This is the first step of them going through, you know, could have a throat cancer. This is where you have could actually remove their, you know, this is the one that may end up with a hole in the neck later on. So something to remember, this is oral thrush. You're going to see this on your final exam. Alticaria um, is just hive. Basically, it's just an allergic reaction. Uh, we talked about those wheels, uh, different types and shape of alticaria, just different types and shape of your allergic reaction from various kind of things. So, okay. Um, to save some time, I know I've been speaking almost two hours. Um, that's because this chapter is really long. So you have physical urticaria. Uh, you could have chemicals and other things as well, acute and chronic type. You guys could look at these. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. Let's highlight the key things. Uh, definitely, you're going to see these, especially here. If you're going to practice here in Arizona, you're going to see these type of uh, bites. Uh, you know, the bee sting, wasps, uh, ants, flea. Uh, this is from brown recruits, uh, brown recruits. So this is a spider, very common. We have tons of these. Um, that's why we spray them outside every month because to prevent this guy to come in. Uh, so brown recruits, okay. Um, again, you want to remember the target, uh, the, this one is the tick. Uh, you could have a huge, like a huge target sign, but uh, this is the um, the Lyme disease. You, if you see this, you might want to treat for Lyme. Uh, you could also have bed bugs. Uh, Lovely stuff, bed bugs, uh, when they bite, and they could look like this. Okay.
uh, scabies, another one, another big one. You can, you guys probably seen these already. So these lovely bugs uh, kind of borrow down to your skin, make a nice little home, and they lay their eggs. Uh, usually between your fingers, one of the more common paces is actually between your fingers. Um, just make me itchy when you talk about this guy. Um, so these are, are bugs that you pick it up. So um, you really have to clean out everything. You can clean out all your clothes. You oftentimes just burn the clothes or throw the clothes away. Okay. Uh, and it's everywhere, your beddings, your sheets, so you want to clean out everything. Okay? And if, 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 you, if one person have in the family, you might want to treat the rest of the family as well, because more likely they'll come uh, come on later. Okay, Lice. Uh, lice, interestingly enough, uh, very. Uh, if you're going to uh, do like, you know, with pediatric stuff, you may see this stuff a lot with kids. Um, lice. Um, now today you have, you guys know how to treat rice, because I'm sure that you have done that before in the past. Um, but now today, I just want to let you know that there are uh, kind of like what we call super lice, where uh, you may have to do two or even three treatment uh, to get these guys out, to get these things out. They, they hang on for dear life. Uh, they don't want to go. They like their little home inside their head, so, you know, with the hair. So they, they, will, they will try to hang on to your dear life. Somehow they, they hide it under the scalp or inside the scalp, so we don't know. But usually, usually you may have to apply the treatment two or three times to get rid of it. Fleas, that's everywhere. Bed bugs, usually they feed every three to six months. So when they come out, uh, they they will feed. They feed for planning for hibernation. So they actually will feed and then um, for a long period of time, so they could live for a long, long time. So these guys are everywhere. Uh, if you don't have to look far, uh, you know, just walk around on Camelback, and you will definitely those apartments are infe infested. Or even downtown Phoenix are infested with bed bugs. So you just be able to pick these up very easily. Okay, last portion has to do with uh, tumors, okay, different types of tumors. So the, the first part is uh, benign tumors. These are the two benign tumors, SK, uh, seborrheic keratosis, very, very common. As we age, uh, you're going to see these uh, seborrheic keratosis uh, and keratoacanthroma, also a uh, benign tumor as well. Uh, keratoacanthroma, it has to do with these uh, squamous cells, whereas seborrheic dermatitis has to do with the basal cell, cutaneous of your basal cells. Um, the other type of very commonly you see this all the time here in Arizona is AK actinic keratosis. Actinic keratosis. This is the um, is benign at this point. It's benign. This is due to exposure of the sun because the sun here is very very bright. Uh, the sun here is actually much brighter, five times brighter than the sun in Chicago. So you know if you're from the northern states and you come down here, uh, you will definitely need to protect your skin because during the summertime the sun here is actually very very strong. And if you have a long exposure to the sun here, this is you could cause your skin actinic keratosis. Okay, nevi also uh, is your mole, your nevus, your nevi. Those are mole, very common. So this is what AK look like. You could see, could very common happen in in people's nose. Uh, very common if you have a lighter skin complex. Definitely you could see this even in your thirties, your forties. You may have people coming in to your office with this. Okay. Um, you guys welcome to read these in terms of where it's actually affected. Um, Hemangiomas, those are the sherry spots, uh, very cute, usually a benign. Uh, you, you could have a strawberry hemangioma, those are the pink spot in the uh, in the kids, uh, children, infants, um, very, very benign. For kids, usually it can go, grow away by itself, uh, but for adults, it can be there for a bit, okay? Strawberry hemangiomas, uh, bright red spot, that's a strawberry one, you can see. Skin cancer, uh, skin cancer, you could have different type. Um, basal cells carcinoma, uh, basal cell carcinoma, BCC, BCC, basal cell carcinoma. 
a key term to remember, a huge key term to remember for this is pearly white border. Pearly white border. What does that mean? You could see all around here. You're going to see the reflection. The, the border is actually uh, it's a reflection to light. You can see these reflective light around. It looks like little pearl. So pearly white borders. These are one of the key terms that you should know for your exam. When you see that term, you want to pick BCC, basal cell carcinoma. Okay, um, but this is cancerous. Okay, this is cancerous. As you can see, how bad this gets. Uh, take out the person's eyes. Okay, you have basal cell carcinoma, uh, pearly in appearance, wiry in appearance. Okay, it's a mutation of TP53 and PTCH1 gene. Um, squamous cells carcinoma uh, usually is the um, right on your epidermis. Okay, uh, again, it has to do with the mutation of TP53 as well. Okay, but this is what the squamous cell carcinoma look like. Squamous cell uh, squamous cells carcinoma uh, doesn't have that. Uh, pearly edge. You can see there's no pearly edge anywhere. Uh, this can also grow vertically. This is one of the things that why you know the E is elevation. Uh, these could grow, you know, like you see here. The diameter is not that big, but the problem is this thing could actually be uh, pretty deep, could be two or three inches deep. So um, something you might want to make sure you catch early on so they don't have this. So melanoma, one of the horrible, horrible cancer is melanoma, is uh, affect your melanin, but it's not just your skin that actually affects it. It could affect your whole entire body, your different organs as well, in your lungs, in your heart, in your liver, uh, all over your GI tract, inside your GI tract. And usually that's how people die from it, is the, when it starts to met metastasize to other parts of your body, uh, not just on your skin. You may you may see it on your skin and you retreat it on your skin, but then it may spread, already spread to the rest of your body. BCC, that you have that white pearly border around it, squamous cells, again, um, same TP53, but it could spread vertically, this one. AK, very common due to sunlight exposure. Atypical mole, something to watch over. Um, this is Merkel's carcinoma, you don't have to know that one. Okay, so we talk about um, this one. You should know Carposi sarcoma. Carposi sarcoma uh, only happen uh, is associated with HHV8, herpes um, virus 8, HSV8, HHV8. So this is Kirby Carposi sarcoma, and all of you probably know this is associated with HIV and AIDS. So when your immune system is slow, then this guy actually come up, come up and say hello. So Carposi sarcoma is on your exam. Okay, so you guys could review these. Um, oligomycosis. Oligomycosis is the fungal infection of your nail. You can see nice and yellow. These usually have smell to it as well. So when you, you treat this, you will smell it. Uh, yep, you will. It will hit you in, in the face like a semi-truck. Uh, yes. Um, and you have to remove those. Uh, there's two treatments for those. You could actually give them antifungal. Uh, Fluconazole, uh, but fluconazole will take three to six months. Uh, will take three to six months to actually treat it. Um, more likely, it will only prevent the new nail as well. They have to wait until this one to grow out. So most likely, um, the even better way to treat this is to just remove the nail itself. So one thing, something to keep in mind, that's what you're going to be doing. So just go ahead and remove that nail, let the new new nail grow. And if you still have the fungal infection from the new nail, start to spot those, then you could take that fluconazole. Because if you put people on fluconazole for six months, um, you may end up having a problem uh, with being on fluconazole that long.
intent. I just want to review and make sure if I seek to remember any, any of these at all. I know it's been, uh, this PowerPoint is extremely long, yes, uh, because we cover a lot of things. And this is just a fraction of, of the mythology. We really haven't even gone deep into anything else at all. So I mean, you definitely could read a lot more. And you, there's a lot more. Dermat you know, I'm not a dermatologist, so I cannot say that I know every single uh, dermatology case. So, but this is the general stuff that you we expect you to know uh, for, for this class and for your practice. This is the simple stuff um, that you could know. Again, uh, for this portion, this is for your clinical practice to be able to recognize this, looking at this, you have to recognize what this is. Okay, so what is this? Okay, and if you want, you can actually challenge yourself by describing it in word as well. How would you describe this lesion? Okay, how would you describe this lesion? So practice that. So uh, be able to describe it, you know, with words, and also be able to recognize it as a disease. What this disease is, and uh, the answer for this disease, I'll give you five seconds. The answer is herpes. This is HSV one, herpes simplex one. Um, Again, in kids, uh, if it's in kids, usually it's transmitted two ways. One, it could be touched. So let's say you have one on your lips, you touch yourself, you touch them, they get it. Uh, or you kiss them in the, you know, in their, in the cheeks um, or in the mouth, uh, they get it. Okay? Uh, usually not sexually transmitted. We just hope that you know, kids that young don't have sex. Or uh, you could actually transmit this through vaginal births. A lot of time, if mom have herpes simplex 2 or herpes simplex 1 down there in genitalia and then give birth vaginally, uh, you could actually have this uh, with kids. Especially, we'll talk more about that in the next uh, section, uh, section 15, where we talk about a lot of sexual transmitted disease. So we're going to cover some of these again, more lovely stuff as well. So this one, this one we didn't actually talk about. This is this is a canker sore. Um, this is canker sore uh, in your mouth. The cold sore is on around your lip. That's herpes. The canker sore is inside the mouth. Okay, this has nothing to do with virus. Um, this most likely um, can be bacteria, but most likely is just an inflammation that's going on in your mouth. There's an official name to this, which you should know what that is. You don't want to to chart as canker sore. Oh, this person have diagnosis canker sore. No. The diagnosis is aptus stomatitis. That's the, the actual name is aptus stomatitis. Uh, aptus is spelled A-P-T-H-O-U-S, I believe. Um, aptus stomatitis. Okay, so you should know that. Again, this one, what is this? Give you five seconds. Easy to tell, really easy. Uh, adult kids, this is scrapable with your tongue depressor. You scrape this, it will come out. So this is oral thrush, candidiasis or oral thrush. Very easy to come out. This one doesn't come off. This one doesn't come off. Usually you have the white plaque. White plaque? What is white plaque? So this one is leukoplakia. Leukoplakia. Leuka, again, is white plaque, plakia. Yeah, white plaque. Same thing, this is same thing, this is leukoplakia as well. You have, uh, you could have it on the cheek uh, and deep in your throat. This is definitely a sign of, um, a sign of uh, cancer, throat cancer. What is the name of this? What is the name? We talk about this, branching. What is, what is that branching called? Okay. That's right, this is telangitation. Telangitasia, sorry, telangitasia, my brain. Telangitasia, so telangitasia, this is the branching uh, of your capillaries. What is this called? I actually show you this several times and repeat it several times, the name. That's right, this is epicongoblata. 
acne conglobulata. Okay, acne conglobulata. Well, this one is not derm, uh, technically. Uh, technically, it's, it's in endocrine. But you may see people come in with this. Huge part of the neck, right here. Okay, huge part of the neck. They're usually red. They feel hot, usually. So this is goiter. That's right, goiter. So what is this? Because seeing it's all connected, usually acute type, almost like a burn. Acute type, they usually have fever with this. They have uh, high infection inflammation. So what would this be? That's right, acne fulminon. Acne fulminon. Simple, easy. On the crease, you have in, uh, inflammation on your crease, your flexive surface. Very common here, usually even on your neck, your T-zone, and even on the um, chest area as well. Very, very common. This is atopic dermatitis or eczema. Look at that baby. Looks like the baby is having a goatee. Look at that, like little uh, goatee going on there. So, so this is atopic dermatitis. Oh, we haven't talked about this one. It's actually next week. Uh, we haven't covered this one. Okay. But this one is chlamydia. Chlamydia. Chlamydia is one of the more common, one of the most common STDs that you could have. Okay. Chlamydia. We're going to talk about this next week, but anything that we talk about in terms of viruses, bacteria, for a sexually transmitted disease, any STI, STDs, it could go into your eyes, it could go into your ears, it could go into your heart. When it does, it's bad. So like this one, it goes into the eye. Okay. So some of you might say, how on earth does it get into your eyes? People do weird things. Um, you know, people do weird stuff. Nah. So. Okay, so people just do weird things with things. So that's how it gets into your eye. So... Make sure you wear protective gears. You're going to the unknown. Just like what Frozen said, going into the unknown. So wear protective gears. Make sure you don't want these things to get into your eyes, so into your mouth, nose, your throat. So you want to wear protective gears. What is this called? What is this called? One spot. Okay, one. Remember, there's one and two or more. One or two or more. Okay. So this one, this is called. That's right. For uncle. This is for uncle. For uncle, uh, we haven't talked about this. I don't think it's covered next week. I believe this is gonorrhea. We'll talk about this next week again. It could go into the eye. It could go into the mouth. It could go in anywhere. So wear protective gears. Protect yourself. This one, you see the picture of this before. Very easy to tell. Okay, you have a darker spot and you have a red part inside. Okay, what is this? What would this be? That's right, folks. This is Tinea corporis, ringworm. So this Tinea corporis, ringworm. So we're trying to use medical terms. So Tinea corporis. Okay. So redness on the face. Um, I believe this is a butterfly rash. Butterfly rash. Sometimes it's harder to look. But butterfly rash. You don't see a lot of pimples there. So you just see rashes everywhere. This is... SLE, systematic lupus electromatosis. Okay, good. This one you should know. You should know this one. I'll give you five seconds. That's right. This is rhinophyma, rhinophyma. This one you could see pimples everywhere. Right here, here, all over the place, here. So this is 
Rosacea, acne rosacea. Very good. We haven't talked about this one. This is called a strawberry cervix. Strawberry cervix. Again, we like to compare things with food. So strawberry for cervix. We haven't talked about this one. This is caused by little tiny bugs. Tiny, tiny bugs. It actually borrow itself. Those little red dots that you see is one each bug. Borrow itself with a nice little condo that they make up for themselves there on the cervix. Okay. So this is trick. So this is trichomoniasis. Trichomoniasis or known as trick. Oh, lovely. Yeah, I hope you're watching this while you eat lunch. Yeah, definitely. Yummy. So you could see all those pus. Uh, more than one. You could see more than one. More than more than two. Two or more. So what is this? You have fur uncle. This one is carp uncle. Okay, carp uncle. You have more than one boys. We also haven't talked about this one. Um, I think. That's right. We haven't talked about this one. We'll talk about this next week. This is a this is the second stage of syphilis. Second stage of syphilis. So we'll talk about this next week. Um, this is before. Uh, this is a syphilis. You could get this if you actually have syphilis uh, before 1945. Um, syphilis is actually treated by just a shot of penicillin. This is before we discover penicillin. So a lot of time, people who have syphilis give birth. When they give birth to a baby. Um, the baby actually will have syphilis on their face, and the syphilis will start eventually eat up their face like this. So these deformity actually caused by uh, these bacteria, um, you know, eating away the face, um, you know, due to the you know going through the birth, vaginal birth. Same thing with this one. This is back in the old days before the uh, way before the penicillin. You discover penicillin. So that how would you have a birth defect of syphilis? We talked about this one as well. We talked about this one. Lovely little one. This is caused by a virus, right? This is HPV uh, warts, okay? Uh, if you remember, uh, Vuruke, filiform, right? Filiform. So you have these little fil filiform, kind of like a little pyramid going up. This one, you could see very easily a darker color on the outside, and then the skin color, lighter skin color on the inside is a plaque like only it's autoimmune disease only affect uh, with the skin doesn't affect any other part of your body just the skin think of seal the singer okay this is discoid lupus discoid lupus okay that's it that's it folks for today thank you for watching sorry for the video is way too long because the chapter is quite long and, and even then I you know we didn't really cover uh, everything in terms of all the all the disease uh, but I would recommend you know just keep watching or looking for more picture i didn't add all the pictures in there um, but just look for more pictures you definitely need to know be able to look at it be able to do to diagnosis by just looking at it and also be able to describe it for your for the sake of your exam to pass your exam and be able to describe it when you're starting that, that thing okay um thank you for watching and i'll see you next time